You're listening to an audio sermon from Hope Bible Church in Oakville, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website at hopeoakville.ca. Good afternoon. If you've got your Bibles there, please go ahead and open them up to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 15. And as you turn there, let me ask you, have you ever been in a situation with someone where you were literally pleading with them to do something that was in their best interest? Uh, Maybe it was a, a friend or a family member. Maybe it was even a child where you were pleading with them to please listen to you and to do this thing that you are asking them to do that's for their own good. Maybe it was something with regard to their health or their well-being, and you were pleading with them, please listen to me for your own good. Please hear me. Please do what I say. Maybe you can think of a time like that because that's what's happening here in Ephesians chapter 4, but this time it's God, and he is speaking to us through his word, and today he's saying, listen to me for your own good. Listen to me. Do what I say. And today we're going to hear from the heart of our good and perfect Father saying to us, this is what you need. This is the way, my child, walk in it. And to help us to understand what God is saying to us today, he's given us a picture in Ephesians chapter 4. It's an analogy, it's a picture of a head and a body where Jesus Christ is the head And we are the body. And the body is made up of all of these different parts. Each one designed by God to do different things for the good of the body. And when each part is working properly, then the body is healthy and the body thrives. I mean, this is such a helpful analogy for us. Consider it. In the human body, there are literally trillions of cells a 206 bones, over 600 muscles, and 78 internal organs. And as each part is working properly, then it positively affects all the other parts. When one part is working properly, it helps all the other parts to work properly. So for example, the example of even just taking a drink. For me to, to take a drink, then the bones in my arm need to remain stable. The muscles in my arm need to contract properly. The tendons in my hand need to work so it can grip the cup and I can take a drink. And when that happens, it blesses my whole body because my whole body is hydrated. Likewise, when each part of the body of Christ is working properly, then each part will positively affect every other part, helping the whole body to be healthy and to thrive. That's the positive side. But of course, there's also a negative side. Again, consider the analogy of the human body. What if one part isn't working properly? Or what if several parts aren't working properly? Or what if many, many parts aren't working properly? What will be the outcome for that body? Well, it won't be healthy. And it won't thrive. Likewise, When the parts of the body of Christ are not working properly, it affects the health of the whole body, and the body does not thrive as it should and as it could. So question, if you are here today, 
and you are part of the body of Christ, are you working properly? Are you working properly? Is your life right now being used in this season to bring health and to bring blessing to the body of Christ? Or, truth be told, are you currently on the sidelines? Because listen, if you are in the body of Christ, here is the truth. You have tremendous potential in Christ to be powerfully used right now in this season to produce a ripple effect of blessing throughout the body of Christ. Let me say that again. You have tremendous potential, not in yourself, but in Christ to be powerfully used right now in this season to produce a ripple effect of blessing throughout the body of Christ. Here's what I mean up on the screen. Consider a body of water. Now, what happens in a body of water when there is sudden activity in that body? What happens? Well, there is a a ripple effect, a wave that then works outward from that activity in every direction. And so it is in the body of Christ. When one part is working properly, it sends a ripple effect throughout the body, a domino effect, a chain reaction that reaches far and wide as one person influences another person and that that person influences another person and that person influences another person and on and on and on and on. Now imagine if this is happening not just in one part of the body, but for many up on the screen. Imagine if the body looked like this, where every part is working properly, creating ripple effects of blessing everywhere from all sides, all throughout the body. Imagine if this was us. Well, listen... In many ways, praise the Lord, it is. But by God's grace, it could be all the more. Amen? It could be all the more. And if you and I are going to be used in this way, in this season, if you and I are going to work properly, then here's the first thing that needs to happen. We need to keep growing. This is point number one. Every part of the body needs to keep growing. So here's the question. Am I growing? Every part of the body needs to keep growing. Am I growing? Have a look now at verse 15. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Paul begins, but he says, rather. So we'll stop there. Because by saying rather, Paul is referring to what he's already taught in chapter 4. So let's back up a little bit to get uh, this in context. Have a look at verse 11. We'll see what Paul is talking about. Verse 11. He says, and he, referring to God, He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that, notice this, we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. So here's what Paul is saying. He's saying that all of us in the body must grow up so that we're no longer like spiritual children. Because if we remain spiritual children, we will be easily deceived by lies and can be carried away into very, very, very dangerous places. Because here's the truth. You and I, whether we know it or not, every day are living under a constant barrage of lies. 
Lies from the sin that resides within us. Lies from the world. Lies from the demonic. Lies from false teachers. And what are these lies about? They're about everything. Lies about God. Lies about us. Lies about other people. Lies about our circumstances. They're coming at us from every side like waves of arrows every single day. And if we're not careful... If we aren't holding up the shield of faith, if we are forgetful of what God says in his word, then those lies can enter into the heart and we can be carried away into very, very dangerous places. And so what does that look like when lies enter into the heart? Well, it looks like this upon the screen. When lies enter into our heart about God. Lies like, a God doesn't care, or God isn't good, or God is far away, or God doesn't love you, or God isn't enough for you, can lead to massive amounts of confusion, anxiety, anger, despair, which is a very dangerous place. Or how about this? When lies enter the heart about our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ, when, when lies enter the heart about self, or who we are, lies like you're just a loser, uh, you, uh, lies like you're not good enough, lies like you are unacceptable and you don't have any purpose can lead to shame, insecurity, fear, feeling like giving up. A very dangerous place to be. Or when lies enter the heart about others, lies like everyone thinks you're a loser, people think you're just a joke, people think you don't matter, can easily lead to isolation. Anxiety, anger, despair, a very dangerous place to be. Or when lies enter the heart about our circumstances. Lies like our circumstances are out of control. God's not really sovereign. He's not really in control. Your circumstances are out of control. It's chaos. They're too hard. It's impossible. Leads to anger, confusion, feeling trapped, despair. Again, a very dangerous place for us to be. This is what happens. When lies enter into the heart, lies from sin, lies from the world, lies from the demonic, and this, lies from false teachers who are fueled with selfish ambition, preaching a false gospel, leading people away from the truth because of their own selfish desires, leading people into very, very dangerous places. But because God loves us, so very much. He has made a beautiful way for us to escape all deception. And here it is in verse 15. Look back at what Paul says. Rather, speaking the truth, this is God's plan for you and I to fight against the lies of sin and the lies of the world and lies of the demonic and lies of false teaching. It's you and I speaking the truth to one another. And speaking the truth here doesn't mean like saying the hard thing. Sometimes when we use that term, speaking the truth, we mean it like, I gotta say the hard thing to someone. But that's not what Paul's talking about in the context of Ephesians chapter four. When he says speaking the truth, what he means is speaking the truth of the word of God. This is the truth that you and I need to speak to one another. The truth of the word of God. We can think of it like this up on the screen. We can think of it as the four W's. This is the truth we need to speak to each other. The truth about who God is. We need to speak that to each other. The truth about what God has done for us in the gospel. We need to keep speaking that to each other. The truth about what God has promised us. We need to speak that to each other. 
the truth about what God has commanded us to do. We need to speak that to each other. This is the truth we are to speak. We're to keep speaking this to each other. So here's a question. How do we become people like that? How do we become people who speak the truth? Well, there's only one way. We must be filled with the truth. Uh, Because when our hearts are filled with the truth, that's when we speak the truth. You can think of it like this, kind of like a, a sponge. If you place a sponge into a sink full of water, the sponge gets saturated with the water. You pick up the sponge, it's dripping, making a mess everywhere. Likewise, when our hearts are saturated in the Word of God, our hearts are filled with the Word of God, then, then the Word of God starts to come out of our mouths. And Paul begins his letter to the Ephesians with this whole ocean of gospel truth that is intended to fill the hearts of his readers so that they would become people who speak the truth to one another. Let's have a look at a sample of that from Ephesians 1 and 2 up on the screen. From chapter 1, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. In every way that God could bless you spiritually, he has done that. You're thinking, well, what does that look like? Well, it looks like this. It looks like this. First, God chose us before, the, before he created anything. Before God created the world, he chose you. He chose you to be his. God ordained that we would be holy and blameless before him. The only way that someone can enter into the presence of God is they have to be made holy and blameless. So how does that happen? Because we're sinful. God sends his son into the world to live the perfect life that you and I could never live and then to die on a cross to pay for every sin that we would ever commit so that through faith in him, God can look upon us in Jesus Christ just as though we've always obeyed and just as though we've never sinned so we can enter into his presence. Praise the Lord. God predestined us for adoption, that that you would be his child, that he would bring you into his family, that he would be your father. God has redeemed us through the blood of Jesus Christ. He has purchased us out of slavery to sin through his cross. God has forgiven us for all of our sin, all of our past sin, all of our present sin, all of our future sin, forgiven once for all through faith in Jesus Christ and his suffering and his payment on that cross. God has sealed us with the Holy Spirit. He has sent his spirit to reside in us as a down payment of what is to come. God chose to love us perfectly. He loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine with a perfect love. And God has promised to show us the immeasurable riches of his grace for all of eternity. Immeasurable riches. Immeasurable riches. The moment we step into glory, we will experience the immeasurable riches of his grace, which will make our greatest experience of worship in this life look like a drop in an ocean. And when our hearts are filled with this truth, we speak it. We can't help it. When our hearts are filled with this truth, we speak it. But notice this. Notice this. There's more. Look back at verse 15. He says, rather, speaking the truth, notice, in love. Speaking the truth in love. So God's plan for us is not to just speak the truth, but is to speak the truth in love. So what does that mean? What does it mean to speak the truth in love? Well, it means this. 
It means to speak the truth for the right reasons. It means to speak the truth with the right motives. It means to speak the truth not to try to sound smart, not to try to appear really spiritual, but to speak the truth so that someone else might be strengthened in their faith and grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it means to speak the truth in love. It's to speak the truth of the word of God so that somebody else might be strengthened in their faith and grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what it means to speak the truth in love. And why is this so important? Here's why. Because there is nothing more important than growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing, period. Nothing comes close. Nothing is more important for each one of us to abide in him, to walk with him, to, to be people who are studying his word, who, who pray, people who love him and worship him and adore him, who are clinging to him, who are seeking to walk in obedience to him. This is the most important thing by far. Nothing even comes close. Nothing. And you and I have not been designed to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ in isolation apart from the body. That is not God's design. God's design is that we grow in relationship with Jesus Christ through the help of the body. As Paul Tripp puts it, our walk with God is a, is a community project. Our walk with God is a community project. By God's design, we grow best and we grow most in community as we speak the truth and love to one another. In fact, as we speak the truth and love to one another, God says he's going to grow us up in every way. Have a look again at verse 15. Look what he says. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way. And so what does that look like, to grow up in every way? Well, he tells us. Look again at verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Therefore, as we speak the truth in love to one another, God uses that to grow us so that more and more our character reflects the character of Jesus Christ. You think about it. In any family, as you grow and you mature, what starts to happen? You start to take on the family resemblance, right? It's inevitable. You can't, you can't stop it. You start to take on the family resemblance. People say things to you like, yeah, you look so much like aunt so-and-so. Or someone will be like, you look so much like uncle whoever. And you're like, I don't want to look like uncle whoever. And you're cringing at that. But you can't stop it. It's inevitable. As you grow and mature, you will take on the family resemblance likewise. As we speak the truth and love to one another, God uses that to grow us up spiritually so we take on the family resemblance of the character of Christ, which looks like this, like growing in love for God, growing in love for one another, growing in humility, growing in patience, growing in gentleness, growing in peace, growing in self-control and godliness and joy. This is what happens as we speak the truth and love to one another. God uses it to grow us up so that our character more and more resembles the character of Jesus Christ. And because speaking the truth in love is so critical, because speaking the truth in love is so vitally important, here's the question. 
How do you and I grow in this? How do we, how do we grow in speaking the truth in love? Like, how do we do this well? Because surely it's a lot more than just sort of like going up to someone and taking your Bible and opening it up and just kind of reading a random passage and hoping that that's going to uh, strengthen someone's faith and grow them in their relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, surely it's, it's more than that. So how do we grow in speaking the truth in love with skill in a way that's applicable to that person's situation? Well, consider what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5 up on the screen. Look what he says. He says, we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. So notice that Paul does not give a one-verse-fits-all approach to dealing with relationships and people. He gives three different kind of situations here. He says there's idle people, and they need to be admonished with the word. Then there's faint-hearted people. They need to be encouraged with the word. There's, there's weak people that need to be helped with the word, and we need to be patient with them all because this is going to require patience. Meaning, this is going to take some, some listening. This is going to require some effort to sit with people and listen to people. And then it's going to take some discerning so that when we speak the truth in love, we're speaking the truth that best fits the occasion. Therefore, our guiding principle in speaking the truth in love is Ephesians 4.29. That's going to be up on the screen. You can see it in your Bible there as well. Paul says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So growing and speaking the truth in love means growing and speaking the truth of God's word in a way that fits the occasion. Which means that's going to take listening to people. It's going to take discerning the truth from God's word. What best fits this occasion? Like, like is it a truth about who God is? Is it a truth about what God has done in the gospel? Is it a promise God has given to us? Is it a command he's given to us? What truth would best fit this occasion and this conversation and this situation? And listen, no one is perfect at this. No one. And yet, this is supposed to be happening everywhere in the church. This is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be speaking the truth in love. This is supposed to be happening in marriages and in parenting and in friendships and in groups and community everywhere. It's supposed to be happening everywhere. So what do we do? Well, praise the Lord that he has promised to give us wisdom when we ask. Amen? James chapter 1. Look at this promise up on the screen. If any of you lacks wisdom. Any of you lack wisdom? I do. I do. If any of you lacks wisdom, look at the answer. Let him ask God. Let him ask God. Pray. Let him ask God. Who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. That's a promise. But... Let him ask in faith with no doubting. So there you are in that situation. You're having that conversation. You want to speak the truth in love to this brother or sister. And you're like, what do I, what do I say right now? I don't even know what to say. I, I, I'm reading my Bible, but I don't know what to, what's going to be most fitting. What do we do? We pray. Lord, give me wisdom in this situation. Give me a word that I can speak to this person from your word. What is most fitting? God, I need wisdom and I believe that you will do it. And listen, he will. He will. 
And then Proverbs 13, 14 happens up on the screen. Look at this. The teaching of the wise. None of us have any wisdom in and of ourselves. We need wisdom from God. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. Wow. That one may turn away from the snares of death. This is what happens as we speak the truth and love to one another. We are rescued from dangerous places and we grow up in every way. Now imagine being part of a group where that's happening. Imagine being a part of a group where people are growing and speaking the truth and love to one another in a way that fits the occasion. Now that is exciting. That's where transformation is going to be happening. And listen, this is God's plan for you and this is God's plan for me. And so we have two options today. Here's option number one. Uh, We can choose to avoid community. We can relationally isolate ourselves from other believers. We can uh, choose to place ourselves in a situation where we're not really sharing what's going on in our lives. We're not giving anyone the opportunity to speak the truth and love to us. We're not really listening to what's going on in other people's lives. We're not really speaking the truth and love to them. By doing that, we can turn away from God's plan for our growth. We can make ourselves increasingly vulnerable to the lives of sin and the lives of the world and lives of the demonic and false teaching. And we can increase our chances of being carried off into very dangerous places. That's one option. And that is a terrible option. Terrible option. Or there's option number two. We can embrace God's plan for our growth by embracing the body of Christ and putting ourselves in a position where we're sharing what's going on in our hearts and lives. And we're giving other, other believers the opportunity to speak the truth and love to us. And we're, we're sitting with people and we're listening to them and we're listening to what's going on in their lives, and we're speaking the truth to them, and and we're all growing together in our relationship with Jesus Christ. These are two options. Listen, the second one is awesome. The second one is beautiful. The second one is God's will for our lives. And so question, are you in a group right now? Are you in a group right now? Because if you're not, listen, you can be. All you need to do is go here up on the screen to hopeoakville.ca groups. And if you go there, and I went there, and I found this picture, this is what you're going to find when you go to the website and you go to, uh, to the groups page. You're going to see this picture of this very friendly face. Look, look at that friendly face. That's Greg Vanderloo. You just saw him in the tank. So friendly, right? If you click on his face, he says friendly things. It's beautiful. But if you scroll down the screen a little bit, then here's what you're going to see. You're going to see a button that says join a group. And if you click on that button, guess what happens? You can join a group. That's awesome. You can join. Look at all these groups. Home groups, men's groups, women's groups, 20s groups, seniors groups, 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 groups. groups. You can join a group. And most of these groups, you can either join right now or they will be launching at the beginning of January. So now is the time to go online and sign up. And also with all of these groups, there will be both an in-person and an online option so that we can all be with the body of Christ and growing together. Amen? Amen. Well, um, if our lives, if our lives are going to produce a ripple effect of blessing across the body of Christ, then each part must keep growing. But not only that, here's our second and final point. It's this. 
Again, if our lives are going to be used to produce a ripple effect of blessing across the body of Christ, then every part, point number two, every part of the body needs to keep working. Question, am I working properly? Every part of the body needs to keep working. Am I working properly? Have a look again at verse 15 so that we can move into verse 16 in context. Again, verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, notice, when each part is working properly. In other words, Jesus Christ has made and placed each part of the body exactly where he wants it to be, and each part now is to work properly. And so what does that mean for each part to work properly? What does, it, what does it mean for you and I to be working properly? It's a great question. Well, have a look back at verse 7. At verse 7. Look what Paul says. He says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, if you are in Jesus Christ, when you were saved, you were given a spiritual gift. Every single part of the body of Christ at the moment of salvation was given a spiritual gift that is to be used to serve the body of Christ. You may be thinking, well, what do you mean by spiritual gift? Well, here's what I mean up on the screen. This is from Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. You can uh, look these up after, but prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, tongues, helping, administrating. These are some of the gifts that are outlined for us in the New Testament. And why has God given these gifts to his church? 1 Peter chapter 4. Look at this. As each has received a gift. Again, if you are in the body of Christ, you have received a gift. As each has received a gift, notice... Use it. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So as parts of the body, we have each been given different gifts to use to serve the body of Christ. So how do we figure out what our gifts are? Well, here's a great way to figure out what our gifts are. Just start serving. Just start serving. Because as you start to serve, what will happen is is you will naturally begin to exercise your gift. As you serve others, you will begin to naturally exercise your gift. And when the body of Christ sees you naturally exercising your gift, the body will affirm that. People will come up to you and they'll say things like, Oh, I see, like, you have, like, such a gift of mercy. I see that in you. Or I see that you really have this gift of generosity. Or you've got the gift of leadership. or, Or you've got the gift of administration or teaching. And when enough people come up to you over and over and over and over again in the church and tell you this, then that's a very good chance that that's your spiritual gift. Because when the body sees gifting, then the body affirms gifting. So it's not so much about trying to figure out what my gift is so that I can then serve. It's about serving so that I can then figure out what my gift is. So if you and I want to discover our gifts... We need to get into community, and we need to begin serving one another. Maybe you're thinking, well, 
how can we do that right now? I mean, with everything that's going on. I mean, how do you, how do, you do that? And, and that's a really good question. Because if you're anything like me, for the last eight months, it feels like all we've been told is what we can't do. We can't go here. We can't go there. You can't do this. You can't do that. And I get it. I get it. But it becomes easy after a while for our focus to start to be all the things we can't do. But our focus in the body of Christ must remain what we can do. Our focus in the body of Christ must remain on what we can do. And we can do a lot. For example, we can join a group where people are sharing what's going on in their lives or listening to one another, speaking the truth in love, being strengthened in their faith, growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. We can do that. And within that group, we can do this. We can serve one another. We can serve one another in community. We can, we can help each other. We can look to meet needs. We can be the body of Christ in community. We can do that. We can do that. We can also do this up on the screen. Uh, we can go here, hopeoakville.ca, serving opportunities. Just again on the website. Maybe thinking serving opportunities like now? Yes, now. There are opportunities to serve in the church right now. Here's one of them. It's right on the homepage. Our Christmas initiatives. If you click on our Christmas initiatives, there's Boxes of Hope, Operation Christmas Child, Angel Tree Christmas, Christmas Hampers. There is a lot that we can be doing right now in this season. Again, we can be in a group. We can speak the truth and love to one another. We can serve one another. We can be involved in the church or in the Christmas initiatives. This is what it looks like to be working properly. Or we can think of it like this up on the screen. That working properly begins with who we are. Being rooted in who we are. As a Christian, as a Christ follower, you are united to Jesus Christ through faith. The moment you place your faith in him, you are spiritually united to Jesus Christ and you are part of the body of Christ. This is who you are. This is who you are, united to Christ, in the body of Christ. And based upon who you are, this is now what we are to do. We are to speak the truth in love and to serve the body with gifts. This is what it looks like for each one of us to be working properly. And so again, in this season that we find ourselves in, have you been working properly? Have you been working properly? Because as each one of us here, each one of us online, begins working properly, God causes amazing, amazing things to happen. Look again at verse 16. Look at this. When each part is working properly, notice, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So consider, consider, as you and I work properly by speaking the truth in love, by serving one another, by exercising our gifts, then God will use our lives to send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ that cause the body to grow and build itself up in love. That is staggering. That is amazing. Each one of us can be used in this way. Again, as you and I work properly by speaking the truth in love, by serving one another and exercising our gifts, God will use our lives to send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ that cause the body to grow and build itself up in love. And this is why your life and your ministry is so important to the body of Christ. 
You are not random. You are not here by accident. God has saved you. He has put you in the body of Christ. He has gifted you with a spiritual gift, and now he wants to use you. He wants to use your life to literally send ripple effects of blessing through the body of Christ that cause the body to grow and build itself up in love. This goes for all of us. All of us here, all of us online, all of us together, that we would again be like this up on the screen. This is how God wants to use our lives. And we have no idea, no idea how God might use our lives. I mean, even this week, this week, you could have a conversation with someone where you speak the truth in love. And that single conversation is used by God not only to change that one life, but to change lives for generations. It's awesome. God's plan for building his church is each one of us working properly. Each one of us working properly. Again, speaking the truth, serving the body, exercising gifts. This is what he is calling us to do. Each and every one of us now more than ever for the advancement of his kingdom in the world. So Holy Spirit, please fill us. Holy Spirit, please lead us. Holy Spirit, please cause us to work properly. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. So Father, we thank you so much for the gospel. God, we thank you so much for this amazing, beautiful, glorious, awesome truth that you came 2,000 years ago to make full payment for the sin of all who would ever place their faith in you. That you have united us to yourself. That you brought us into this body. That you have given us spiritual gifts that we can use to be a blessing. Lord, we've heard your word. We've heard your plan for growth. And so, Lord, would you stir in our hearts, please, Holy Spirit, stir in our hearts right now. Give each one of us an unction to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen.